Okay, it looks like we're just starting to get going here on the streams, guys. Um, bum, bum, bum. What was I going to sing? There was a song I was going to sing at the beginning. Okay, well, we're live, I do believe. Let me just double check on everything. It's Wednesday, November 15th, 2023. Oh, yeah, Nick, it's the other one. Can you switch to the other one? Um... 9.08 a.m. U.S. Pacific Daylight Time here in Los Angeles. And I have with me Stardust. Stardust streams on YouTube and uh, tweets from Star on Twitter. You can follow her on there. And she's on multiple platforms. Stardust, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining. Thank you so hey. much for having me. Yeah, thank you. We're going to be talking about her uh, documentary called Unmasked, the Far Left's Mastery of Dehumanization. And uh, it's a part one, 25-minute little documentary that she came out with that caught my interest. So I'm like, I've debated her a number of times on Modern Day Debate and maybe Hippy Dippy Roundtable. Maybe you were on like a Cozy or Killstream or something mm -hmm, over mm -hmm. yeah, uh, I think, time. Yeah, We've had a couple of debates, definitely on modern day debates is what I remember for sure. Yeah. I remember we touched mm -hmm. on the uh, Derek Chauvin, George Floyd incident, which that may not have even been the topic of the debate. And we may we... have touched on it briefly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, is the Great Reset real? One of those debates. So it's been mm -hmm. it's been uh, cool. Weird sound, say the people in the chat. Just a heads up, guys. So, uh, and we will be taking your calls, guys, if you would like to call in. The, uh, Hake, your audio is bad, says GMD Jim. Audio sounds underwater, says Sean. Okay. Um, audio sounds ghetto. We will be addressing that. We'll, we'll fix it, guys. Complicated business. Fixing things in the studio. It happens. Uh, yeah. It will be about, yes, I'm reading the chat, <laughs> Jib Jab, thank you. It will be about the, uh, the leftists who are taking the side of the Palestinians, but against the Israelis. And there's no need for that. Or ig ignoring the, uh, the evil done to the Israelis. There's evil on many sides, of course. Yeah. Sounds like a froggy, says Charlie Church. Yeah, okay, I understand. I like the audio, says FYM. Well, then we will go with it. <laughs> well, uh, can we just play the intro music while, we, uh, while he gets this thing going, Hassan? So anyway, guys, you guys can call in and talk with, uh, chime in on this. We will be talking about the Israel-Palestine situation and the drama unfolding here in America and around the world with that stuff. But anyway, guys, let's get right on with the show! One, two, three, four. Oh, it's the Hake Report, the Hake Report, la la la. Oh, it's the Hake Report, the Hake Report, la la la. Hey, guys! Oh, it's the Hake Report, the Hake Report. So, how you guys doing? I am fine. Yes, I understand. I just listened to the audio over on Odyssey. 
I'm live on multiple platforms. And it does sound like real audio player. <laughs> real audio player from the year 2000. Where it's all warped and warbled and garbled and <laughs> stuff like that. Well, we've got a vintage effect today. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. I have my La The Hake Report La 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 t-shirt on. And I have my guests with me. Uh, and uh, so, let's introduce... Um, can you, are you able to put her on screen too? Able you, to do that right now. Not able to do that? Are you able to do like a switch view thing? Okay. We'll just go forward. Uh, welcome to the show. Stardust, I've debated Stardust many times. Various topics, modern day debate, maybe hippy dippy, killstream, mm -hmm. maybe cozy. Mm -hmm. A liberal gal. Um, yes. Are, where are you from? Are you... Are, are you f from America, Pakistan? Where? Yeah, so I, I was born and raised in America. My family is from India originally. Um, and uh, we're basically like Muslim Indian background. So, yeah. Okay. Kind of mm -hmm. And uh, I've debated her many times, even tempered young lady. Sometimes I felt like I'm boring her. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. she's so, uh, no. it doesn't overreact. Which is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, Stardust streams on YouTube, tweets from Star on X, and other platforms, Twitch, even Kick. She's even on Kick, I found. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So, the main topic I want to talk about today, Stardust, and you guys can call in 1 775 3773. We are going to show video, we just have to get the audio worked out and all these different things. But uh, I came across your video, your documentary video. I I've I call it a documentary. I don't know if you consider it that. You called it a video essay. Uh, yeah, I, I feel weird even calling it a video essay because it's like my first type of video in this format. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm open to all <laughs> interpretations of what, what people think it is. So. That's, it's what caught my attention, too, is because it was organized, well done, well produced. It's called Unmasked, guys. The Far Left's Mastery of Dehumanization. And... It showed, well, your tweet about it caught my attention. It showed Hassan Piker, H-A-S-A-N, who's mm -hmm. a liberal guy, sort of a communist. He's called Woke Bay. He's been on The Fallen State with Jesse Lee Peterson. This uh, oh, has he? cousin mm -hmm. or nephew of uh, Cenk Uger of the yes, Young Turks. Yes, he's the nephew. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he's uh, maybe like the number one guy on Twitch. He was censored for a bit for using the C word for white people, <laughs> but he's yeah. uh, very popular. He gets thousands of people watching his show, Young Guy, mm -hmm. and he was thousands, yeah. denying. He was denying that um, they were using that Hamas was using Palestinians for human shields, and then he said, even if they were doing it, it doesn't justify the Israelis shooting rockets through the human shields or shooting through the human shield people at the uh, Hamas people and I mean you know what it really uh, stuck out about that clip to me is that it seems like he just fundamentally doesn't understand what human shield means um, I don't know if that if you got I picked that up from that clip sort but. of yeah because yeah. the Hamas people according to reports and I don't know what the truth is I haven't followed yeah. this whole Israel Hamas war or ongoing conflict situation very closely yeah. I know that there's been brutality on many sides. I mean, I would imagine. I would assume. It would just make sense. 
there have been evil yeah. people doing evil things to one another um, between those two groups. And that Hamas holes up sometimes maybe in hospitals, allegedly. Don't know. Or they... Yeah. Um, I think you showed video of one Hamas fighter saying, Allahu Akbar, and having his gun and then having a like a hostage woman right next to yes. her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that would so make they, people pause to shoot at him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so essentially what they do is a, they, apparently they have like a tunnel system underneath the city. Um, and they do have like tunnels underneath uh, hospitals as well where they set up bases. This is all like um, like developing information that's coming out. And you can't really tell when there's like an ongoing um like war slash conflict of that type um, because all of the information coming out is is changing rapidly. Um, but essentially that that's kind of like what we've learned is is that they operate in civilian clothes. They don't um, have uh, specific buildings that they operate out of like the United States uh, does when they have like federal employees um, or, or like combatants, right? Combatants are usually very clearly marked. Um, uh and and yeah it's just um they they operate out of civilian centers so maybe they'll be in a building where um they are doing one thing on one floor and then people have an office on another um so and and they're not good to yeah they're not good to their own people either yeah you said you showed well explain what you you showed footage of Palestinians protesting against Hamas, the leadership, and mm-hmm. uh, you showed headlines where Hamas cracked down on the people who did their protest against them. And so Hamas, yes. like you said, was is not good to their own people. And yet yeah. these people think, oh, I'm pro-Palestinian. That means, yes, I'm pro-Hamas. And these people are the far left. Explain what you saw on October 7th without being too graphic, because October 7th, that was when Hamas went in and did their surprise attack, as it was called, on the Israelis. So essentially what I saw um, is I woke up that morning and the first thing I saw was um, just graphic videos uh, that Hamas uh, operatives themselves had posted to social media. Um, They were posting it to Telegram. They were posting it to um, people's Facebooks. Um, essentially, they were like, um, you know, uh, executing people um, or or just torturing people in the most brutal ways possible and um, and just posting it um, for everybody to see. And I think one of the most heinous parts of that is that they didn't just do this in such a brutal way. Um, a lot of the time um, they would. Uh, send these images or videos to family members. So, like, for one example, um, one girl found out her grandmother um, was, uh, you know, um, basically passed away as a result of this because, uh, or was killed, really, um, because uh, um, she saw it being live-streamed on her grandmother's um, private Facebook page. Um, So, you know, these... you know, we can have plenty of criticisms of the Israeli government. We can have plenty of criticisms of, like, you know, combatants um, uh, right now. But um, I think that, uh, you know, th- there was a unique type of um, 
a psychological terror that was inflicted upon these people, not just like the loss of human life, but, you know, um, after their, you know, the Jewish people's history, there is a collective paranoia and it's understandable. And then them being psychologically terrorized like this, it's just, I can't even imagine. I, I feel like I'll never forget the images I saw that morning. And I can't even imagine what it's like for somebody who um, has family who, who found out via social media or, or via text message or via, you know, images sent to them by terrorists. You know, I was fortunate. I'm, I'm not on social media on like Saturdays or Sundays at all, really. And so I was spared watching any of this stuff. And I liked watching your video on this because you were good about keeping it family friendly, if you will. Like you showed hints of the evil things that they were doing. You mentioned that case of the grandmother. This mm -hmm. Hamas guy allegedly like took the grandmother's phone and uploaded video of the grandmother being killed or whatever to her yeah. private Facebook page using her own phone and uh, the woman being the granddaughter being uh, interviewed by that about that and you showed different things and you even like <laughs> censored the word killed and dead and all that stuff which was nice because it's like it's child friendly it's YouTube friendly it's not going to get um, age restricted so I appreciated that because it presented what happened without being nasty and overly graphic and all that stuff about it. And yeah. um, so I missed what happened. I like I missed a lot of that propaganda stuff. It reminds me of the ISIS videos where they're promoting mm -hmm. the brutality, their own brutality, and then having like awesome music come in to invite people to who are also filled with this hatred and identity to join their the ISIS team. And apparently, like, there are people in the so-called West from popular former porn stars to people like what you, whom you mentioned. I don't know if they didn't watch the videos or if they saw some of it and thought some yeah. of it couldn't be real or propaganda. Go ahead. I'm I'm not really sure. Um, I that's what I thought as well at first. Like maybe they didn't see all of the graphic images and videos that I saw. Um, but I also talked to some friends and and they said, you know, no, some of these people saw it. They just don't care. Um, they think either that this has been happening to other people, so you know, what's the big deal with this? Uh, you know, with this happening, or they just don't care because um because of this idea that. Um, the Israelis are basically um, deserving of it because, you know, they, they're, they've done such wrongs to the Palestinian people, which is just not really true, right? Like, um, like yes, the Israeli government um, and their policies have done um, a lot of wrong to the Palestinians, and, and there could be improvements there, but, but the average Israeli person... Uh, even the average Israeli IDF soldier, like the uh, conscription is required. Um, and so uh, men and women are conscripted. And the average person there has no tie to, uh, to you know, um, 
the origins of, of Israel starting has no real tie to like the Nakba um, has, uh, you know, these are people who, who were born and raised in Israel and they don't really know anything else. Is it so, true that yeah. I, I've heard from right wingers that the Israelis, some of the IDF soldiers have like T-shirts of one shot, two kills, like sort of bragging about shooting pregnant Palestinians or shooting through uh, civilians to get Hamas? You know, it's possible, but I, 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 I haven't seen it uh, myself, so I would have to look into it. For I sure. mean, I wouldn't doubt that there's this callousness and hatred on both sides yeah. for each other. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. There is, definitely. You are pro-Palestinian, um, but you made the point that we need to take up for the um, Jewish people because they're the ones who have been speaking up against the anti-Semitism here in America. It's, or anti-Islamophobia, uh, you, you called it, here in America. Yeah. Yeah, they they have been, and also you know they again it is a a, a like a, a group of people who historically have been persecuted, and so um, when they uh, started migrating to Israel, they they started migrating to Israel um, prior to World War One even, um, and then uh, their a, a, a large portion of their population uh, eventually ended up being refugees because of World War Two because a lot of um, Holocaust survivors were sitting in camps for about four years after the Holocaust. Um, and they would try to return to their homes and they would encounter violence. So um, a lot of them ended up migrating to Israel. Um, and then you had the expulsion of uh, Jewish people from Arab states as well that ended up migrating to Israel as well. So it, it, it's, it, you know, it's not a clear cut um, you know, colonize or colonized uh, kind of like narrative here. Right. Yeah. That's the that's what that's partly why the the leftists whom you you point out in in this documentary are for the decolonization they call it mm -hmm. um, a victim group versus a blame group. The colonizer against the colonized, and they take the side of the colonized. Capitalism versus anti-capitalism. It's like all these taking sides, racist versus anti-racist. I think that it's really, I see this as good versus evil. And each person is capable of evil. So whatever side you're on, you're quite capable of being evil in this situation. And mo it seems like most people are falling into yeah. that. Yeah. And just because they're and just to be clear, just because, you know, they're refugees doesn't mean that there weren't they're not capable of doing wrong things or right. that they're not capable of hurting the local population. Right. It's very clear that that is something that is possible and has been done. Um, but um, the again, the, the just the colonizer colonized narrative it doesn't really make sense. I think that there are like more nuanced um, critiques that people can have without being um without honestly just like boiling these people down to purely being colonizers i feel is in a sense kind of dehumanizing um right because it's yeah it doesn't really it doesn't really fully fit um and it kind of ignores like their their collective paranoia and their reasons for that collective paranoia so you know you uh 
you talked about how they are dehumanizing them and calling them colonizers is kind of dehumanizing them in itself because we heard one of the people in your video say it doesn't matter um, if these are civilians. There are no civilian people in, uh, in this area because they are, it's a military occupation. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of the justification of that we saw after Trump came in office, I guess inauguration day. Uh, what's that guy's name? Richard Spencer got punched in the side of his head. And everybody was yeah. talking about punch Nazis. Yes, you can punch Nazis. Richard Spencer is mm-hmm. sort of a nationalist, socialist type of a guy. And so that sort of reminds me of the dehumanization of people calling people racist means you're justified in committing violence against them. And that's not justified just by what they're into, (laughs) in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, you know, there are, again, critiques you can have of people that you feel are being bigoted or being racist um, without, like, uh, justifying, like, outright violence to them. Um, I feel like it just sets a dangerous precedent. Um, I think there are just, like, way better things that you can do rather than justifying violence towards people. Yeah. I think that um, the left have a problem with, or they have a big time, let's call it taking up for victims um, thing that they're into, which I would assume in, kind of includes you as a, as a liberal, like you're pro-Palestinian, but you're also for decency to everybody. But I say that... Yeah. Emotional people are, they are unjust in their mindset. I think that's why in America there is disproportionate violence from the blacks, black Americans. And I think that a big part of that is because they are fed a victim narrative from a very young age. And when they're fed this notion that they're victims... It just breeds resentment and justification for victimizing. Victims become perpetrators very often. So I, I have a feeling that that's what's happening with many of the Palestinian people, that they're well, fed yeah. this resentment. What do you um, say to that? So what, what I would say is that um, I think with like um, black people in America, I think it's like a... It's a very complicated issue, I think. Um, you know, I do think that there is a correlation between like lead poisoning and um, and and you know eventual adulthood violence. There, there have you know, and talk to any medical professional, even the most trace amounts of lead, um, and you'll see this like within poverty-stricken communities. Um, any, the, even the most trace amounts of lead can lead to um, uh, problems later on in life, um, behavioral problems. Um, but also, you know, like poverty, um, uh, you know, uh, historical poverty will also lead to violence. Not that it, violence is ever justified. Right. Um, uh, uh, and, and obviously, you know, you want to empower people to, um, to be able to rise above, um, what their circumstances are, right? Um, uh, like, there's no, there's no excuse for violence ever, right? But I, I do think it's a very complicated issue. But I think, I think you're right in some sense. You know, some people view themselves as victims, and some people um, justify their actions through that way. Yeah. Um, uh, and and you will, and you'll see that across the board, right? Um, so you know, Palestinians, um, 
so the Hamas, it's complicated even with the with the Palestinians, right? right. Because that they are, you know, they are anti-Semitic, um, a lot of them. Um, but um, at the at the same time, they've been a lot of them have been fed Hamas propaganda from a very young age. Right. They have um, they used to have this show, I think, Pioneers of Tomorrow. Um, and it was a children's TV show and it featured like a Mickey Mouse like character. And um, and it, it's the most absurd thing I've ever seen. But essentially in this TV show, um, this Mickey Mouse like character basically gets martyred um, uh, and <laughs> in this TV show. And they show this this Mickey Mouse character getting beaten up by like the, this Israeli officer. And then like <laughs> uh, and then eventually he passes away. And, and it's like it's a whole thing. So it, on one end, they've been fed propaganda on the other end. You know, it's. Um, they feel like they they had land taken from them, right? And in some sense, they did, right? There, you know, the Nakba was, um, you know, uh, a, a historical, you know, situation where um, a lot of them were forced from their homes. Um, but there has been a long history of violence on both sides, and um, and it's yeah, it's just so complicated, really. So, and I, again, I'm not an expert on on any of this, but. Um, just from what I've read, it, it's just such a complicated situation. So. Yeah. Um, I think that the people who are prone to feel sorry for others are not doing them a service by feeling sorry for them. Like, you can stand for justice without being caught up in, oh, poor you, oh, these people are, are evil type of thing, because then you clamp down overly on one group, the blame group, and then you cater to the emotions of the victim group. I think it's a disservice that the world has done by, I think meddling in these affairs has made things worse oftentimes. You know, the, like the, um, you brought up, or no, the people in, the, in your video brought up apartheid. They accuse Israel of being an apartheid state which may be true. I mean, they're for the Jews in particular, which, th in my opinion, they want to set up their country like that. They have a right to do that. I think all countries have a right to set up their country as they want it to be. But the uh, swooping in and saving and meddling and trying to create peace has create, created more discord, I think. Um, in a sense, yeah, I think um, I think it's a, a bit complicated with the apartheid um, uh, stance because on, you know, technically, I think there is definitely like um, an argument there to be made that um, it is an apartheid state. Um, but at the same time, like um, so if we're just looking at Israel proper, we're not looking at Gaza, we're not looking at the West Bank. Israel proper is about 20 percent of their population are Arab Muslims. Um, and for the most part, they tend to share all the same rights with the exception of like a couple of laws, I believe. Um, at the same time, they're not conscripted. They're not conscripted the same way that uh, a lot of other um, uh, uh, people within uh, the Israeli population are. Um, like all of the Jewish population, with the exception of the Orthodox Jews, are conscripted. To the military. Um, 
yeah to the military um and and there are also um some ways like i have a friend who um is uh you know was born in israel and she talks about how there are some ways that like as a israeli woman she has um less rights than like an arab israeli man um and uh you know uh, that that also is true right um uh, but um, also, I think the comparison to um, South Africa is not, is not really like it, it's not that extreme. Um, I would say I, I think that uh, uh, you know there's we can like advocate for changes to happen within um, Israel, but also we have to acknowledge like there are not very many Jews in, in any other part of the Middle East, right? The fact that Israel is made up twenty uh, percent of Arab Muslims is um, is pretty significant to me. So, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that the if the Palestinians were to be put into Israel, then the Palestinians would outnumber the Israelis. So then, Israel would the Israelis would be a minority in their country. Yeah, I I don't think that's really like. To me, I'm not really concerned about that. I just don't think a one-state solution is doable just because of the animosity on both sides. Right. Um, yeah, I just don't. I don't think that that is it's a possibility. So. Um, I don't like. I personally don't like this. Uh, this meddling that the outsiders do. The UN wants to come in. I get that they want to help the people who are innocent. Mm-hmm. But it's oftentimes causing, they're causing more problems by swooping in, in my opinion. And um, the EU and the American government giving money to, to both sides, it seems like a corrupting influence oftentimes. And different countries sending their troops or sending military uh, equipment and funding to these countries be it uh, Ukraine, Russia, be it um, whatever, this this situation. I feel like it's, it isn't necessary. Like, I think they, the two can hash it out on, the, the, on their own without you helping e- people kill each other. Am I wrong about sure. that? Sure. <laughs> um, so I understand your perspective. I personally have the opposite perspective. Um, I think that because America, I think America is um, essentially like, Somebody else said it like this, but essentially we like saved a lot of the world in World War II um, just by getting involved. And I think any time that one of my friends uh, who studies his history a lot uh, said this to me, you know, any time that America practices isolationist policies, inevitably, um, whatever conflict is going on in the world comes knocking upon our door. Um, so, uh, so it is in a sense, you know, better to be proactive, better to be involved, especially since we're like the number one, um, provider of global aid. We're the, you know, one of the big influences in the world. Um, and I think that, um, I just think that America also is morally superior to most other countries. Um, I think because we're morally superior that, you know, I, I do think that it, it sound terrible, but I think we we should um, kind of like keep people in check. Um, so uh, maybe yeah. maybe my criticism then is for um, us to do it in in wiser ways. Because mm-hmm. although we're morally superior, I think we're morally messed up still. 
And so we're just the top of the dung pile in terms of morals, which doesn't mean <laughs> that we're bringing anybody up. We're just all kind of tumbling down into, into evil, it seems like. I mean, it's possible. I, I do think that, you know, we can acknowledge that, like, America morally might be the best, but still has a lot of work to do. Um, and so, you know, we can certainly be wiser about the way that we involve ourselves in things. We can be wiser about the way that we, we uh, you know, advise Israel on the way that they um, uh, go into Gaza, right? Um, we could be wiser in all of those uh, categories and have our allies learn from our mistakes, right? But... Um, yeah. Last quick point about this uh, foreign mm -hmm. dealings thing. I remember when I was a young, pretty young, there was all this propaganda, if you will. You can call it true propaganda, but I don't necessarily consider it full, the full truth propaganda against apartheid in South Africa. Mm -hmm. And they ended apartheid in South Africa, which... You mentioned it was it's more extreme than the situation in Israel. And I've heard stuff that sounds, I don't know, it's, it sounds foreign to me. But, you know, about the uh, segregation and the um, different treatment that different people got. Mm -hmm. And that whites were a minority ruling over the majority of uh, the other groups um, in South Africa. But now that apartheid has ended... And it's been some decades since apartheid has ended. It feels like it's been replaced by something worse. And I've seen black uh, South Africans admit this, saying at least when the whites were running our country, we had a functioning country. We had jobs. And now it's like these militant, white-hating black communists running the country into the ground. They're losing... I remember years ago they were losing water in Cape Town, like they were having mm -hmm. a a water crisis in I, Cape Town and yeah. stuff. So they're they're worse off after us getting rid of apartheid. It's been replaced with something worse in the end. Well, well, at this point, I, yeah. So what what I would say is, you know, I'm not completely educated on the South Africa apartheid, but um, what I will say is, I think that probably um, these two things are are probably two different issues, right? Um, I think just morally, um, you know, being opposed to apartheid is probably the right position, you know, just because it's like an unequal distribution of rights. It's, um, you know, it's it's also it also um, caused the uh, separation for separation of families within South Africa, um, uh, because a lot of black South Africans were relocated to like designated areas um and it, it ended up fragmenting their communities um uh, there was like you know and also you know i think you and i both share that nobody should be um discriminated against because of their skin color right um and there was a decent amount of racial discrimination as well as segregation um uh so i can't really speak to like um the modern issues in south africa i'm not super well versed in it but um, just like from a moral principle, um, I do think that like uh, being opposed to apartheid is probably the morally correct um, position. So, yeah, we should definitely be opposed to the black communists who are like hating the white South African farmers nowadays. It's it's a bad situation, sure. I think.
Um, yeah, if, if that's true, you know, I, I, you know, that's true. Definitely that, you know, that's not right. A any hatred based on on race is not right, whether that's hatred um, based on uh, black or or hate hatred based uh, towards white people. Right. So I, I don't know that I entirely agree about uh, you should never discriminate based on on skin color or, or race or whatever. I mean, you should be you should treat people fairly. But mm -hmm. if a locale wants to set up their community to be blacks only or whites only or whatever or majority whatever israel for example majority jewish they want to stay majority jewish i think that a locale or even a country should be allowed to do that and not have the internationalists meddling quite so much because you can you can cast any setup as unjust like the communists set mm -hmm. up capitalism is inherently unjust but there's a right and wrong mm -hmm. way to do capitalism a just and an mm -hmm. unjust way to do capitalism it's not inherently unjust so i think that that's mm -hmm. i think that there's a right and wrong way to discriminate because there's like people discriminate people naturally discriminate uh interpersonally and they yeah. should have the right to do that um i think that um so I think that there's no problem with, um, sorry, I feel a sneeze coming on. Okay. Um, sorry. <laughs> and I think it's gone now. Um, but, uh, but, um, I, I think that there's no problem. Like, let's say, um, you want to maintain a certain type of culture within a specific, uh, community, right? I don't think there's a problem with that, but I, uh, and, um, uh, but I do think that like discriminating based on, on, on race alone is, is not really the way to do it. Right. Um, like if you want to foster a type of, um, uh, culture within a community, um, maybe like looking at the people individually that you're letting into that community right. and seeing whether, how, how, um, willing they are to integrate into that community. Um, even if their values don't necessarily align, um, at the present moment, if they're willing to change those values, if they're willing to, to, um, you know, adapt and change with that, or even if, you know, maybe they're coming in because they don't like the existing values that they're currently living under. Right. Um, uh, like you'll see, um, one of the biggest, um, uh, vocal, um, uh, you know, anti, uh, Hamas people have been like Iranian immigrants, um, uh, within, um, North America and even in the UK, um, Iranian immigrants, a lot of them, um, fled Iran because they didn't like the, uh, values that they were forced to live under. Um, and so, uh, they, they see that Iran is backing Hamas and um they they're completely against it so you know yeah. you just brought up a Iran and you in your video this video that we're talking about the unmasked the far left's mastery of dehumanization you said that Iran supports Hamas and uh Hezbollah and these countries in these Mm. Uh, reportedly terrorist organizations that are attacking Israelis right now. Mm -hmm. And Iran, mm -hmm. I've heard that some of the Iran-type pe top people have said, oh, Israel is the little Satan and America is the big Satan. Mm. And inside of Iran, they have this, um, the, this feminist group movement happening, if you will. The uh, mm -hmm. women, they're... 
I know about it because I'm seeing billboards here in Los Angeles. Stand, mm -hmm. or I've seen them over the past year or year and a half. Stand, I stand with Iranian, Iranian women, women, mm -hmm. because they, some of them don't want to wear the hijab. And I mm -hmm. guess allegedly, or is it confirmed, two Iranian women have been, yes, it's been young women mm -hmm. have been beaten to death, allegedly. Well, I say yeah, allegedly. It's been confirmed, yeah. <laughs> um, but so it has been confirmed. The first one was Masa Amini. She was 22. Um, her, she was wearing a hijab, but it wasn't up to like the standards of the moral police there. Um, and what ended up happening is that she was uh, beaten very severely and ended up dying um, in the hospital afterwards um, as a result of that beating. Um, and then most recently, about a month ago, um, there was a 16-year-old girl who wasn't wearing a hijab who was also beaten to death by the morality police. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, I, I just find it kind of ironic that, you know, not all far left are supporting Hamas, right? But it does seem like there's a, there were a decent amount of far left people that were justifying the actions of Hamas. And to me, I just can't even fathom that because to me as a feminist, I see, I look at Iran and I see the way that they treat women there. And, um, and I just can't ever be behind that. Um, and also looking at the Iranian um, people who fled Iran after the Ayatollah, uh, you know, uh, basically took over, uh, basically the re religious extremists in that country took over. So, you know, um, I instinctively go against what I feel to be trendy. And it's been mm -hmm. trendy in America to be, oh, I stand with the Ir Iranian women. It reminded mm -hmm. me of the hashtag bring back our girls thing that was popular during toward the end of the Obama administration with when Boko Haram kidnapped Nigerian mm -hmm. schoolgirls. It just mm -hmm. feels um, like these liberals <laughs> who I largely almost always disagree with mm -hmm. standing up against these people doing something over there. And it sounds like based on what you told me, that the Iranians, uh, the Iranian morality police did evil to these young ladies. I don't know what the situation was, but it sounds wrong. Mm -hmm. But now I feel like it's evil versus evil because the, um, it, just, it's, it reminds me just of the apartheid, anti-apartheid push in South Africa. They're, they're acting like South Africa is this wonderful country and it's, it's in a mess right now. And so I don't, I'm concerned about if they get sway in Iran, they're, they're going to may do away with this one evil thing over there, but they're going to replace it with something also evil and destructive. Didn't Iran I mean, used to be, didn't Iran used to be somewhat modern? It, yeah, it was, it was pretty modern. If you look at the pictures from the seventies, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, it's possible, it's possible, but um, I think extremism of like any type is bad, right? Um, and and just because we, um, you know, just because something is, is trendy doesn't necessarily mean that it, it's wrong, right? Um, uh, there are times when people will make things trendy, and those and it's really like a very very uh, shallow understanding of the situation. Yeah. But I think um, I understand your concerns about it, right? Um, if there's like a power vacuum in any place, like um, 
the tendency is that, you know, you get like kind of nefarious forces filling that power vacuum. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, at the same time, like, you know, uh, I I don't know. I, I just feel that um, uh, nobody should be beaten to death over um, over a, he a head uh, covering, uh, in my opinion. You know, that just seems like such a fundamental violation of human rights. Yeah, if that's um, the whole story. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 don't, I can't imagine what would justify what happened to yeah. her, but I, it's, it's wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, you brought up um, the power vacuum thing. Mm -hmm. Under the Obama administration, Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State, I think, that, is that when she took out Gaddafi in, uh, like, Libya? And um, I'd have to look into that. I, I, to be completely honest, I'm not uh, fully expert on geopolitics. Um, no problem. I mean, I just, yeah. I just feel like uh, one of my other... One of my co-hosts, my sometimes co-host, Big Bump, told mm -hmm. me that Gaddafi said, if you kill me, Europe is going to turn brown. And he was saying that uh, basically, like, there would be a flow of refugees to Europe because Gaddafi was keeping things, even though he may have been evil, I don't know, dictator or something like that. He was keeping things somewhat in check. And I heard the same thing maybe of Saddam Hussein, but I don't know. So mm. we take out these bad guys and mm. it creates more mess. <laughs> but anyway, so if you don't know much yeah. about that or you don't yeah. you have any commentary I, on that before we move forward? I can't really I can't really <laughs> say much about it. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I get that people are concerned because um, it seems that there are. Um, a, a large group of people within um, society, within our societies nowadays, whose values don't like really align up with ours. I totally understand that. Um, I think um, you know it does take a couple of generations for children to, uh, from more like a, you know whose families come from from different values to kind of assimilate within um, within that country right um but it does happen over generations for me it was in instantaneous um and for my family it was instantaneous but um i do have hope that um a lot of uh people who don't have the same values will you know their uh, lineage will eventually end up um uh kind of integrating with the broader society wow that's so, well yeah. that's ho very hopeful of you I don't see it that way. Like, I see, like, in America, we were a largely white Christian country, quite conservative, I think. Like, a hundred years ago, this, this, um, like, Henry Ford and these other guys, it, it seemed like it was more common for the general people to speak against the Jewish people like it was, they were called anti. Nowadays, people look back on Walt Disney and Henry Ford and call them anti-Semitic, and I don't know what they were about. I wasn't around back then, but it just seemed like the culture has changed in a whole lot of ways. In terms of people, didn't used to have to lock their doors in their neighborhoods. Nowadays, people do. The crime, the um, notion of the freedom of speech has gone down. The notion of the freedom of the second amendment has gone down i don't think it's deniable to say that our value like the values of the people has changed 
not just with immigration, of course, but with like, so it's not just immigration, but it is immigration too. But it's also, mm -hmm. of course, you know, the, the education system was seemingly infiltrated by uh, some liberal, if you will, <laughs> influences. So um, go ahead. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, over time, you'll see like values within any society change, right? And you'll see things go back and forth, you'll see things wax and wane. Um, but I do think like, uh, as far as like the anti Semitism goes, I'm, I'm glad that we're like less of an anti Semitic society. Um, you know, the, the, the fact is, is that like, when the Holocaust ended, um, uh, most of the world was still incredibly anti-Semitic to the point that a lot of the Holocaust refugees were still sitting in those camps for for years. Afterwards. They didn't want them, huh? Yeah, they didn't. They they didn't. Or you know, if they tried to return, they would again encounter violence from from uh, the people there. Um, and so, I do think it's better that we're you know we're we're less bigoted, we're less um, you know anti-Semitic. Um, do you think that's yeah, true though? Are... Do you think like we're do you think that they were violently evil towards the 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 Jews back then? Yeah, I think I because there definitely were, yeah. there's definitely mm -hmm. a lot of violence and hatred towards Jews today from there all kinds is. of groups in America. Yes, there certainly is. There certainly is, but I think it was probably more so. Really? Um, uh, back then, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, uh, overall, if you look at like. Um, I do believe that there are statistics on like worldwide crime stats and it seems that like the world in general has become a much safer place even though you know in certain communities things are changing you do have to lock your doors um uh and and also you know petty crimes may also be on the rise especially with yeah. just the way that the economy is but um but as far as like you know um but you're talking crime is, stats from yeah. from let's say the 80s and 90s forward what about like the 60s or 50s or 40s or 30s or 20s? I, do, I think I think also that that it does show that crime stats are actually lower today um, than ever in history, even since the 60s, it, uh, even since the 40s, 50s. You and know. you're talking about world yeah. crime, huh? World crime. Mm -hmm. So that means they redistributed the crime into America because America didn't seem to have such a crazy well, crime pre-60s, <clears throat> pre-70s, 80s, 90s. You could say that uh, you could say that I don't know the statistics on America specifically, um, but I don't know if it's necessarily a redistribution because if it's worldwide <laughs> stats and it's still like lesser then it, it's it's still lesser. Right. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah. there, I have a feeling in many cases we have corrupt people in office, maybe more today than back then, at least in America, because there's a lot of cooking of the books. Mm -hmm on crime mm -hmm. and all kinds of stuff. Uh, but I want to move into the anti-Semitism thing because um, mm -hmm. you mentioned that and uh, white replacement theory that you brought up. Are you able to, um, how are you on time? Are you able to hold over for another 20, yeah. 30, 40, yeah, 50 minutes? Course. Take calls? Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to take a five minute break then, uh, Stardust and viewers. Going mm -hmm. to, um, Let's play a song, guys. It's Work Hard Wednesday, and the work hardworking Jason Martin from Starflyer 59, trucker extraordinaire, Give Up the War by Starflyer 59 from the 2001 album 
Leave here a stranger. Hope you enjoy it, guys. You can call in 1-888-775-3773. Going to get to your Super Chats. I see them. I appreciate them, guys. Um, and we'll be back with Stardust in a minute. Starflyer 59. Have 
hates hate and hates music. Or Betty. Yes, I will be taking calls. Call in. This is a Christian song, guys. If you wanted to be someone like Paul. Well, thank you guys for bearing with me through the beautiful music. My opinion, beautiful. Uh, <laughs> Stardust, are you there? Is she on mute? Yes. Hi. Okay, cool. And uh, I think, assume that people can hear you. I want to read some super chats and uh, you can address them along with me. Stardust. Greenwall gave a diamond saying, Israel has enslaved the USA. Why not discuss that? Do you know what he's talking about, uh, Stardust? Um, uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure, um, but uh, uh, I guess I, I would be interested to hear what he's talking about. So I know yeah. what Greenwall is about. He, I think that I know what a lot of guys say that we get involved in foreign wars on behalf of Israel or something like that. Like Israel wants us to go to war with Iran, which I'm not a fan of that idea, and I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I know that Netanyahu is very concerned about Iran, but... I think they are, but I don't know that there's... I, I would have to see evidence for, like, Israel wanting us to, like, go, get, go to war for them. What about um, in the past, like, yeah. with the Middle East? Was Iraq? Was Afghanistan? Were those in any way due to Israel? I think those were... I think those were more of our doing, honestly. That was more of our politicians wanting to go in there and uh, getting us to go in there. 9-11, from, from what I can tell. Was, was 9-11 a result of us supporting Israel or being involved in the Middle East f for Israel or anything like that? <laughs> it may have been a result of us being involved in the Middle East, um, but I don't think it was related to Israel. Um, I know that there are a lot of, they say that there, there are a lot of dual citizens, Isra Israeli-American um, <laughs> people on both sides of the aisle, Republican and Democrat, mm -hmm. in office mm -hmm. and um, and in bureaucracy. You know, Blinken, I think somebody said that Blinken is an Israeli mm -hmm. citizen and American citizen. And a lot of these guys in the Biden administration. Mm -hmm. um, and I, people say that that's a corrupt, that we shouldn't have um, dual citizens in our government. Uh, I don't necessarily agree. I think if somebody lives and and like um, and works in America, and they spend all of their time in America, I think probably their values are going to be American. Probably their priorities are going to be for America. Um, I don't know. That's that's just my opinion, though. So. I I do notice. I did notice amongst both sides of the aisle, the Jewish people on both sides of the aisle tended not to like Trump as much as let's say the Christians or the normal like atheist whites, I don't know about the atheists, but just just the ordinary Americans tended more to be pro-Trump than, at least at first, than the Jewish even conservatives. Like Ben Shapiro was pretty anti-Trump for quite a long time and he's kind of iffy on him. Dennis Prager was anybody but Trump at first and then he started to like mm -hmm. him. Um... Mm -hmm. 
So uh, I don't know that it's yeah. I'm not really sure that um, it has to do with anything of people like um, whether they're Jewish or not. I think a lot of conservatives were initially not uh, a fan of Trump. Um, like a lot of con- a lot of conservatives thought that Trump Trump was a joke um, to begin with. But then as he became more serious of a candidate, they got on board. I think what what I notice about Jewish people is oftentimes they're intellectuals and um, Trump was a simple minded man. His message was simple, straightforward, big picture. Mm -hmm. This is how I see reality. This is what the truth is. Big picture. And a lot of intellectuals sort of nitpick on details saying, well, actually, this is also the case. This is also the case. And you need to account for like the exceptions. And he's well, just Ivanka talking about big picture. Is, what, go ahead. Yeah, sure. But Ivanka converted to Judaism and her and, she, and her husband is Jewish. Right. right? So, yeah. And yeah. and they were a more like liberal intellectual influence on him. Like he's more a law and order guy. But Ivanka got him to let the some of the people out of prison early. And th- it was sort of a more nicey mama spirit type thing. Oh, have mercy on them. And there's a there's a place for having mercy, of course. I'm not saying that there's no place for it. But they were and they were they're definitely not him. And I don't know if they would have supported him had he not been family. And so like he loves them, you know? And he mm-hmm. does see the value in like they're they have some natural leadership skills. Seemingly, uh, Jared Kushner was a successful businessman, I think, on his own or successful in some way on his own in the world. But they were definitely not in line with the uh, big picture Trump, tough on immigration, tough on crime thing. Yeah. But I mean, also, how much of that is like, you know, um, nobody's going to be aligned 100 percent on everything. Right. Right. Um, uh, uh, you know, at the end of the day, like Ivanka was still probably, uh, Trump of his family members, probably Trump's biggest strength, right? Because she was, uh, such an excellent speaker. She carried herself in such a, uh, excellent way. She just, um, PR wise, like, um, was uh, a force of her own, honestly. Right. I liked, um, I liked, she she carried herself well. I didn't like her values or or seemingly poli- seeming policies. I mean, I, I don't know the specifics of the people whom she let out of prison, but there was this first step act that has had some mixed results because th- some of these people who were let out on the first step act have been, have gone on to commit crimes and even murders, I think, according to like reporting from Tucker Carlson back when he was on Fox News. So... I think yeah, that Trump I was. Tr- I think Trump that. was his own biggest strength because he was just real and himself. And what you see is what you get, unless you just don't see the. A lot of people just didn't see, what like the, the realness of him. But I think he sure. was his greatest strength. Well, I, I won't deny that, right? Um, yeah. He is very charismatic, but I, I was just saying, like of his family members, I think Ivanka was probably one of his um, one of his like uh um biggest uh you know smoothing over people right she was really good at smoothing over things with him and people who like virulently disagreed with him and would never compromise with him um and so 
like I, I don't know, like um, necessarily maybe um, the Jewish uh, community in general tends to skew more liberal. Yeah, um, that's for uh, sure. But yeah, but but uh, yeah, I don't know that that necessarily is um, evidence of anything like a <laughs> like a conspiracy or anything <laughs> like that, you know. So yeah, or even slavery. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I. I have to beg to differ on Trump smoothed things over on himself for himself because a lot of these people, they were so bristled by his public persona of just speaking out and hitting back really toughly with them. Mm -hmm. When he was in person with them, he was reasonable. They would mm -hmm. remark, multiple people would remark that he would listen. Ben, uh, Dr. Ben Carson, uh, the, the black... Um, brain surgeon who became the mm -hmm. secretary of HUD, he said mm -hmm. Trump really listens. So he's more a man of humility than people may realize. Even mm -hmm. Joe Biden got a amazingly gracious letter from Trump uh, for the transition, when the tra transition of power happened between Trump to Biden. Trump left him a letter that Biden described as amazingly gracious. So I think that he smoothed things over for him for himself more than mm -hmm. Ivanka. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not denigrating Ivanka. I'm just saying mm -hmm. that he was, he's like perfect for the presidency, in my opinion. Well, yeah, I, I won't deny that. Again, he's a very charismatic guy. He's funny. Um, even if I disagree with him uh, and I, I didn't support Trump ever, um, I, I couldn't deny that he's a very charismatic guy. He's very funny. Um, so, yeah, he's he is his own biggest strength. But uh, I was just saying that, you know, Ivanka did s serve her purpose as well for him. Um, I, I will get back to the Super Chats, but I want to. Um, OK, there's another Super Chat along these lines. And I want to address this anti-Semitism thing since we're on the topic. Uh, spoiler alert, bought a coffee saying large parts of culture derive from race, he says. So he's saying that. Well, that, he's saying just what he said. Large parts of culture mm -hmm. derive from race. So he's saying bringing in other races into America is going to change the culture, even if, they, even if they assimilate to some degree into American culture. So uh, there have been, like, historical... Um uh, you know, modern modern immigration isn't the only time that we've had uh, seen immigration, right? Like historically, there have been mass immigration, um, uh, you know, and 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 things have turned out all right. Um, as far as like the idea that like um, that parts of culture derive from race, in a sense, that might be true. Um, in that, like, um, if a certain race of people reside in one area and there is a culture in that area, then generally the people in that area are going to hold those cultural beliefs. But um, uh, at the same time, um, you know, we uh, can see that, again, like, um, that I think this there are studies to back this up, that when people immigrate to different countries, it only takes like a generation or two for their offspring to fully integrate with the uh, with the country's um, actual uh, values and, and cultural practices. Um, so uh, I understand what this person is saying that like, um, yes, if, if certain like, for example, if certain people come from a specific region, they, they are going to have the beliefs of the culture in that region. But um, 
But at the same time, you know, again, people do adapt. So. You, you know, you've you've brought up a couple of times that it takes two or three generations for um, a people to fully assimilate into the culture that they're living in. Or, for mm. example, America. I mm. noticed that, um, and I've heard that some of the Muslim people who've come into America, they come in and comply, are compliant, and are, um, you know, they are appreciative of the country. But then their children sometimes grow up to be um, like terrorists. Omar Mateen, the guy who shot up the um, Pulse nightclub. Um, some of the Jihadi John, I think, was a British guy who he did the ISIS beheading videos. He he was born and raised, I think, in, in England or UK anyway. Mm. Yeah. And he was a These second are, generation. Yeah. So there's there's like resentment that can crop back up that that like the, the parents don't sometimes fail the children. Of course, it's like quite yeah. common. So. So, yeah, it does happen. Um, uh, generally, these are like fringe fringer cases. Right. But they're really unfortunate. They're really unfortunate. And and, you know, there are a couple of things that probably play into this. Right. Um, like the um, the whole extremism problem within islam is is a uh, the basically wahhabism is is a more extreme uh like school of thought within within islam and that has become immensely popular with throughout the middle east and just throughout the world um in general um in in recent decades um but it it in itself is is still like a reformist movement so it is like a newer school of thought um, I do think part of the reason we see people, um, you know, becoming extremists is because of that, because of the exporting of that ideology. I think also part of it is, um, you know, when people feel, uh, I think, you know, some of it is mental illness, um, uh, yeah. for sure. And, uh, you know, people need to seek um, uh, mental help. Um, but also some of it is is probably mental illness paired with, like, um, what they feel is uh, you know, ostracization, you know, feeling like they, they've been othered or, or things like that. But, um, for what it's worth, like, um, like, you know, the Muslim community that I kind of know is, has been pretty like, um, uh, you know, um, integrated with American values. Um, and generally like, um, I, I've seen like, <laughs> um, like I remember, uh, when I was younger, um, there were these uh, the, the, these parents and their son started getting much more religious than they ever were. And they were concerned. So, um, so, uh, you know, I, I think that they were concerned about um, him becoming extreme with it. Like, yeah, they uh -huh. were they were like, why are you becoming so religious? We never raised you this way. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, so I think, you know, these do have checks and balances. Right. Um, but, um, you know, you it, and there are always going to be French French cases. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, are, it's hard. Yeah. Are you more liberal than your parents? I think um, I think in some ways, um, actually, that my mom is a little bit um, more liberal than I am, actually. <laughs> so, um, uh, and she, you know, she's an immigrant. Um, but, uh, 
or she, you know, she's a citizen of America. Um, okay. She's been a citizen for like uh, for decades, since for like uh, like fifty years. But um, but yeah, she's she's more liberal than I am in some ways. So um, I, uh, that's kind of interesting to me. I ask yeah. because I grew up a bunch among a bunch of Hispanics and Asians, and mm-hmm. uh, the the, his, the Mexican and um, Guatemalan and other parents and Salvadorian mm-hmm. parents are oftentimes more conservative and the Asian parents more conservative than the children who grew up here. They become Americanized, but in some of the, in my opinion, bad ways. They become more like liberal, worldly, sex out of wedlock, uh, promoting like feminism and anti-racism and all that stuff. All these things that I don't support, that I don't feel are very American Um, (laughs) or Christian or whatever. They, uh, what do you think is, I guess, not American about, like, anti-racism? America allows the um, American values is allows the freedom of speech, the freedom of free mm-hmm. association. So people mm-hmm. are allowed to be racist. And and if people were allowed to be racist, like we allow black Americans to pretty much speak their minds and mm-hmm. there's like no real recourse and i like that i like that about black americans speaking their minds i want everybody to be able to speak their minds because i think Mm -hmm. shaming people and uh and brainwashing them to not to speak their minds on race whether they're right or wrong whether it's Mm -hmm. even if it's out of anger and hatred it Mm -hmm. it allows people to get it off their chest and hash it out rather than sure rather than Mama spirit punishing this group of people, getting them fired. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I, I'm not a big supporter of that. You know, I, I will say, like, you know, I am I am a liberal, but like, and and you know, my family is too. But like, um, but generally, like, I think I have some conservative sensibilities, even if I am um liberal. So you know, one thing I don't really support is like getting people fired, things like that, right? Um, but, uh, like, I guess what I would say is that, you know, one thing I've noticed about you is that you're very, like, anti-hatred, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really, really good thing. And I think the way that I look at people who are, like, super anti-racist, um, I think they're just trying to kind of, like, um, kind of do the same thing that you are. Maybe, maybe it's not the same way, but they're trying to, um, they're trying to, I guess, like, educate people and and get there to be like less hatefulness in the society right um and that's just kind of like how i view it you know it's nice but this this brings me to the uh, anti-semitism thing and the islamophobia stuff i feel and Mm -hmm. racism and all that i feel that i don't call it anti-semitism when you call it anti-semitism by the way do you Mm -hmm. use a hyphen or do you use no hyphen for the anti-Semitism. I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't use a hyphen, I don't think. I think I've used both, but I think I, I just, I, I decided to just not use the hyphen. Because so. the trend now yeah. is to um, use no hyphen, and I've, mm-hmm. I read the justification for it. I think it makes it seem more official, like it's a real thing. And mm-hmm. I don't think that this is, I find these specific supposed types of hatred, because sometimes people call it hate, anti-Semitic or anti-Islamophobic mm-hmm. when or racist when somebody is simply giving a valid criticism. Maybe they're making a general statement that one bristles at and 
Maybe it's an unfair general statement, but sometimes it's quite fair general statement. And it's called mm -hmm. hatred when it's actually not hatred. If you just call it hatred, then you can't hate the hate. You can't hate the racist. You can't hate the Nazi. You can't hate the anti-Semite. But it's, it just, it gives the, the victim group justification, false justification to hate mm -hmm. the oppressor group. You know, the, the, the blamed group, the whites, the racists, the anti-Semites, whoever. I guess, um, I guess I, I try, I'm trying to kind of like understand what you're saying here. <laughs> I, I guess, um, I guess for me, um, you know, these are all things that fall under the umbrella of hatred or right. sometimes they're not even hatred, right? right? Some of these things, some of these things are just people un inadvertently, um, uh, you know, saying things that, um, that are, are, you know, kind of, kind of bigoted, right? Um, kind of like hateful, but they don't realize it. Um, and so, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes you want to, for, for example, like if, if somebody says something that I, I perceive as like, that's not necessarily true and it has some pretty bad implications, it probably, for me to say like, hey, what you just said is really hateful is probably going to come off like, I don't know. For in my head, um, it's probably going to come off much more severe than if I say, "Hey, what you just said is a bit like anti-Semitic, um, <laughs> uh, uh, rather than a bit hateful," you know. But um, uh, I don't know. It, I guess I guess it really depends on perspective because if if I say it's like a a bit anti-Semitic, what you just said, I'm not like calling that person themselves an anti-Semite, or I'm not calling them anti-Semitic. I think there are a lot of people who will say and do things inadvertently that are, um, uh, you know, bigoted or, or um, prejudiced um, uh, or, you know, things that, um, you know, carry hate behind them and not even realize it. And I don't want to call that person hateful. Right. So, um, yeah. But it, what they're saying is either true or false. Um or in the mm -hmm. direction, in the right, on the right track, or or off track, it doesn't. Yeah. It, sure, there's some <laughs> there's sometimes where people will um, accuse people of being bigoted when they're really not, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that there there certainly is that as well. Because there's because when you call something anti-Semitic, then you can you can information isn't necessarily or a or a position isn't necessarily against the Jews. Just because you say, oh, most Jews are liberal or they or I don't like their influence in America. Like, it doesn't mean that you are just because other people who ha have this hatred for the Jews say this complaint about the Jews doesn't mean that the person who doesn't have a hatred for them or wh whether they have the hatred or not doesn't mean that their criticism is not valid. Like, it's still... Mm -hmm. So often we'll hear about um, when whites bring up black on white violence. It, it, it's, mm. There's factual information that they're bringing up. And mm. if they're bringing it up to justify hating the blacks, then that's not right. But if they're bringing this up to address the issue, then it's perfectly right and we should address it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess it, it just really depends. Like... If you're trying to to address like an actual issue, then 
I think anybody would agree with that. But I think the issue is that we see um, a lot of people will see people bringing these things up and they will say that they're bringing it up to address the issue. But really, they're they're doing it to either like invalidate um, an issue that somebody's going through or they're doing it to um, they're doing it to perpetuate um bigotry right sometimes so, so it's really hard to tell you yeah know? it can I'll, be really hard to tell i'll tell you one thing like the black crime the disproportionate uh crime from mm-hmm. the blacks community is uh, a um gives broader context to their problems with the police you know that's mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily invalidate that um there's mistreatment on both sides between blacks and police it but mm-hmm. it gives you context to explain, sure. oh, that's that is why it's not just because the cops are simply racist. It's not because the courts are racist. It's because of mm. a, a cultural issue that's ha, has been corrupted it, with, among the Black Americans themselves. With this, mm. well, in my opinion, because of the victim mindset and because of the single mothers, and they're encouraged. They're they're the group that is encouraged mm. the most to be angry out of all of the races in America. And that's been a disservice to them. So that's why I say that this racism thing and anti-Semitism thing is justifying the Jewish people, the uh, Muslim people for, in the case of Islamophobia, and the black people, and the women for sexism, to feel like victims, which has been a disservice to them. It just makes them mm. from victims into perpetrators. Like they're they're hateful and resentful of being victims. So that's why so I, I don't like these yeah. terms. Go ahead. In in some sense, I agree with you because I do think that there's an issue where a lot of people keep framing things within the victim uh, versus oppressor mindset. I yeah. definitely agree with you on that. Um, I guess the thing that I would say is that it's like, it, it is a complex issue, right? Because again, like you will maybe be bringing up like, um, like, uh, you know, the brutality in a specific case uh, of police brutality, right? And then somebody will bring up, well, you know, the this community commits more crime than all, all other communities. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But like in this case, the specific case, it's probably not like super helpful, right? Like um, if it's like in an example where like somebody's beaten to death or something like that, right? Yeah. So you and I yeah. have talked about the, and I differ with the notion of police brutality, I don't want to get mm-hmm. too far off track, and I want to come back to your video, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, but this kind of feeds into the victim thing. Like the police brutality notion is, I ca- I I like the term unnecessary roughness, well, like or maybe excessive force, because in the case of Tyree Nichols, the black young man who was beaten to death allegedly by like the five black cops in Memphis, mm-hmm. I guess, or somewhere in, in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, that was unnecessary roughness. That may have e- that may even have been quite brutal. But, I think that was brutality. Yeah. That, okay. That that, but but yeah. I don't call it police brutality. I just call it human being brutality. Because in the black community, the blacks are brutal with one another. And you and I disagree on the Derek Chauvin, George Floyd thing. I don't know if you would call mm-hmm. that brutality. But I definitely don't. Would you call I, that brutality, Derek Chauvin's knee on and uh, the police think, kneeling on him? See, I don't think that there is a reason for him to be on his neck for nine minutes. Um, 
uh, you know, I just, I don't, I don't see a reason for that. I think, um, I think like when somebody's in your custody, you do have a responsibility um, for their health. Uh, uh, you know, that's just kind of the way it is, right? If they're in your custody, they have no ability to keep track of their health. You're the one who's like um, keeping custody of them. You become their guardian and you do become <laughs> responsible for their health. So, so kneeling on somebody's neck for nine minutes, like it just seems like excessive, seems like you are putting them at medical risk. Um, uh, and, and regardless of like, you know, the autopsy results, like, you know, things are exacerbated by that type of stress, right? Um, uh, that type of stress will, will cause a lot of things to, to exacerbate. So, you know, um, yeah. I, I finally watched the video. Like I hadn't, all this time I had not, never watched the video. So I, mm -hmm. I, I made myself watch it. And at, when I had only seen clips and I heard the black a uh, young man who was an onlooker saying, he is human, bro. And, you know, like, get him off. And I mm. remember it looking kind of off for him to be on, mm. I don't know if it was really the neck or the neck slash shoulder blade area. I heard mm. that he said that he got on him like that because he said that he had COVID. George Floyd said that he had the, the China virus. And so he didn't mm. want to get breathed on or something. And... um I could see the last two or three minutes, it looked like, okay, you guys should, he, he seems unresponsive and out. He seems either knocked out or dead. And so I'm like, okay, maybe, that, maybe they should get off at that point. But I don't blame them really because I tend to disagree that they're responsible for the person's health. They're not like a babysitter. They're law enforcement, you know. And I don't want to rehash this too much. But mm -hmm. I saw the video and this guy who was saying, oh, he is human, bro. He's calling them bums. He's getting off the sidewalk. And, and this other, mm -hmm. this white female um, fireman says, oh, I, he's not breathing. Go, let me come check his pulse. And this mm -hmm. Asian officer is saying, trying to hold these, the peanut gallery back. And mm -hmm. if anything, these people didn't help the situation because they were directing attention away from George Floyd to mm -hmm. the onlookers who seemed like they were going to interfere with police work. Whereas yeah. it had they been allowed to pay attention to George Floyd, they might have gotten off of him. And I know that you made the argument when we debated this a couple of debates ago mm -hmm. that police officers are supposed to be, they're supposed to handle all of this situation perfectly. <laughs> but I, I still don't see that as... Okay, brutality, was that brutality, or was it unnecessary roughness, maybe? Because <laughs> I could maybe... I mean, at, yeah, at the very least, it's, like, negligence, right? Um, like, I understand <laughs> that you, you don't believe that, um, that police officers should be responsible for somebody's health. Just in my opinion, as soon as you take somebody into custody, as soon as they have no ability to take care of their own health. And, and in that situation, I would say that very clearly he, you know, whether he was kneeling on, uh, you know, his neck or his shoulder blade or whatever, um, that's still a, a situation where George Floyd himself is not able to care for his own health. He does not have the ability to uh, to do that. It but is he... in the responsibility. Well, yeah. well it, it is the, in the responsibility of a police officer as soon as you take somebody into custody to 
monitor their health, you know, make sure if you are uh, putting this type of force on them to um, make sure that this force is not exacerbating pre-existing health conditions. If a patient, for example, dies under the care of a nurse or a doctor, uh, even if that is not induced by the doctor, um, uh, they are still going to be held responsible. There's still going to be an investigation into that. So I don't see if we have the standard for medical professionals, even for things that they themselves did not create for pre-existing health conditions that they themselves did not create or or they themselves are not currently treating. um, uh, You know, we hold medical professionals to that standard. I don't see why we wouldn't hold uh, police officers to that standard. I understand lawsuits Um, coming from that, maybe. I I still I still think that. I don't understand a, a murder, life in prison, federal charges of violating the civil rights stuff. I think it's way, way, way overblown. Um, but well, I mean, at the very least, they they should have had medical professionals there um, very, very quickly. In, in my pretty, opinion, it was you know? relatively quick. Like they came within like they came like the nine minutes ended because the the medical the medic showed up. So the medic yeah. showed up within 10 minutes of and it wasn't yeah. clear that he it wasn't clear that he was that out of it. I mean, it was clear he was maybe uh, overdosing, was but to me, it looked like he was very clearly not in a, 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 a good state of mind. He yeah. seemed to me that he was very clearly like he was he was paranoid um, and, you know, he he um did you see the not par- acting? Did you see the within- part leading up to it where he dove through the car? Like they got him, they finally got him into the car. Uh huh. And then he like got uh, yeah. out the other side. <laughs> and then he said, "Well, yeah, they he put, was they very, very anxious. He was very paranoid. Yeah. He was very anxious. He was not in a normal state of mind. But even then, like I still think that like putting that uh, you know amount of pressure on him is is um, going to exacerbate anything else going on. Um, and you know when somebody's in your custody, you have to be responsible with, for them." Let's get, I have a caller who wants to comment on this police brutality thing. Mays is my favorite caller from Dayton, Ohio. Mays, you are, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. If I'll just say, I just want to add one thing. Like, you know, I I am sympathetic to police officers. It's not an easy job, you know, and there are a lot of responsibilities with that job. And, you know, I'm not somebody who's like defund the police. If anything, I think that there should be more funding into the police so that they can get help with things like this. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, when somebody when somebody's in your custody, I do think that you are you know responsible for their health. All right, Mays in Dayton, Ohio, are you there? Yes, I am. You are live. Can you turn her up? Stay close to your phone, Mays. Close, can you close. Hear me now? Uh, I think so. Can you hear Mays? Uh, go ahead. I think so. She's a little bit quiet. Yeah. To me, so. Crank her up if you can, Hassan. I'm still quiet. I have three questions. All right. When it comes mm-hmm. to police brutality. Uh, seem like some people are happy when you see the cops. They're supposed to protect and serve, not kill, and then deny people, regardless of whoever it is. And then we sit, and why do y'all have y'all take the evening news that a group of people that they constantly show every day, day in and day out. And if you're a young person, you're gonna look at every black person as a criminal, and and that's what you agree with James on, right? Say again. You, and uh, I'm speaking for people of color. I mean, no, I'm speaking for mm-hmm. colored people. So. If you sit there and see that every day, but you don't see what you're doing, you're gonna think you're the greatest person on earth. But if you if, if they focus on everybody, don't you think this world would be different, and you would look at people differently, or you look at them the same? 
do you follow her question? I I, I, I got um, lost. Uh, so I think what I so I don't know if I'm if I'm understanding the question correctly, but just correct me if I'm wrong. So what I'm picking up from what Mays is saying here is that um, because of the reporting, um, there is biased reporting in the media, and it tends to portray people of color um, uh, in a certain light um, that is negative. Um, uh, do you think if the media reported more on um, crimes committed by white people, I guess, that no, there would everybody. be a... Oh, everybody. Okay. Yes, everybody's uh, crime. If, they only focus uh, on the, 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 the black community. That's why you all <laughs> yeah. the James and young people, that's what you see. But if you're not around yeah. those people, you don't know what they're doing and you can't speak for those people. Yeah, okay. no, I, you got I one black person speaking against them. Everybody don't look that and see that the same. But we know the news is happening, but it's not being reported every day. Okay, but on, but Mays, the the mainstream media tends to downplay uh, black violent crime. They downplay oh, no, they the don't. fact that it's from the blacks. Every day, everywhere you look, it's about on every channel in every state. It's because about it's a black so person. because it is very out of control in the black you know, community. Everybody's community is out of control. I get, I don't differ with you on that, but it's well, then what are you talking about? But it's way more disproportionate no, it's from not. Black Americans. No, it's not to you. It is. <laughs> I don't think it's a disproportionate out of control. Yeah. Because if you sit down and watch that Senate yesterday and uh-huh. what was going on in that White House yesterday, they was about to fight. Yeah, I know that was you know, ridiculous. That, was, that was wild. Yeah. It, and it yeah. was wild. If we didn't see it, it would never been yeah. reported. So if we sit and yeah. watch it every day, they show you somebody look like you or her every day on the news. That's what you're gonna think mm-hmm. that all white people are mm-hmm. bad people. Whatever. And I know they do I, bad I things, but I don't look at them yeah. as, a, as a group to see that they're bad. Yeah. So that's where it comes when it comes to the youngest and, and you and the green. Mm-hmm. And when the cops beat up yeah. somebody, that's why they went to jail because they broke the law. And then you got some people that was happy that they did it. Some didn't like that they yeah. did it, but they went to jail, yeah. so they broke the law. That's why they are in yeah. jail, and some people don't think they should be there. Now, Mays, yeah, you I, go ahead. Go ahead, Starbucks. Yeah, I, I tend to I tend to agree that, like, you know, I don't uh, think an entire group is bad. Right. Um, uh, just because of, like, um, the crime reports that come out of it. Right. Even if even if there was like a disproportionate amount of like violence that came out of a certain community, I would look at that the reasons for why that happens. Right. If you look at any poverty stricken community, you will see a much more likelihood for people who are poor to, you know, commit violence because they are in a desperate situation. Right. Just similarly, if you see things like with like, you know, with um, health outcomes, right. Like people who live again in poverty. Yeah. 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 Black people. And that's not true either. It's not the diseases of black people. Everything come out, and then y'all grow up thinking that. So y'all need to get that out of y'all. I'm psyche, not thinking you know? that blacks are, are carrying all these diseases. Let me tell you one example. <laughs> black people can't have anything because if you get a BET or if you get a, a TV station, the one where you want to put your news, there's somebody that they're going to get jealous of it, and they don't want it to happen. Why do you have to have this? Somebody got to tell our news. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Go ahead. Don't uh, they, start us. I mean, respond in the correct way, not in the way that you all want to do it. So do you think everybody yeah. don't like black people? James Guest? Uh, like, her name is Stardust, Maze. Oh, me Stardust. Do you think people don't like black people? I think that there's a lot of bias against black people. Absolutely. Is. Is In the media? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Thank no, you. I don't think I, so. But we I'm have to look yeah. at, just like what Stardust said about the crime in the black community, we have to look at the reasons for the bias against the black community. Sometimes why is that, James? Because black Americans bring it on themselves because they act really? differently. They act with an attitude. A, Go ahead. I don't TV. know if they bring it on TV themselves. I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. So I don't necessarily. I don't agree that they bring it on themselves. I do think that there has You're been a there. history. 
Yeah, it there's there. no, it has nothing to do with history. It's put there because when they brought drugs yeah. into the community, they did not put those people that, those there. Out of North them did it. When they brought the, the guns into the community, out of North them put them there. They <laughs> did not North? have those. It was a peaceful community until then. And then if we want to go on back into history to the Black Wall Street, where people were doing that on their own thing, uh, they don't want to talk about that. And then every time they well, try to get it back, say, somebody yeah. in the waste is destroyed. What I was because every black person history, don't need no Caucasian to help them on uh, 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 yeah. uh, 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 to help them get where they're going, because they can get there without them, with their own people. <laughs> so that's what's in the yeah. way of stopping people from and redlining yeah. and all of the stuff that that's happening in America today. Yeah, if they move out the way no, and leave I them was, alone, I was they can say, I, was, I mean, just like the man that's yeah. doing the water out of air, they don't want him to, to. He can make helping people survive. They don't want him to do yeah. that. And then huh? you got James over here saying what black people can't do and they don't know how to do anything. Huh? Really? I never said that. Really? What, what I will say is that... You never talk about the things um, that they do. It's like they in need and begging. We don't beg for nothing except for you to get out of the way so we can have our own. Yeah, What's but you guys, you guys vote for Democrats for, for more no, 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 socialism. For get free I, stuff. Like I say, I'm not a Republican. Well, Democrats are not, not Democrat. really socialist. So. I am a human being. But they are for, they are for yeah. like, handouts. And I sit back and I deal with all kinds of people. And when the young people see what they yeah. then the first thing they do, blood crime. What about Caucasian crime? What about Asian crime? All the crime itself, you want to just do it on I'm not for crime. that either. But the, yes, you are. You yeah. repeat yeah. it all the I'm time. Not for, I'm not for a, for, for a white crime. I don't like whites committing crime. You don't want to talk about it. If, 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 if I can if I just put wanted in your to... every day, that's what everybody look at you the same way, unless you are either on the I just wanted to say when I when I bring up history, I'm not I'm not bringing up history of like I'm talking about like okay, so the reason even if you if you do see like more crime within specific communities, again you look at history of like redlining, you look at the history of like how what what kind of communities have poor people been living in, right? What kind is there has there been um you know uh environmental pollution in those communities? Has there been um uh you know uh lead poisoning in those communities? And and yes, there has been. And that will inevitably you know combined with um the desperation that poverty brings, the desperation that you know um uh, redlining and and um, and uh, discrimination and and poverty and and um, all of these different things uh, together combined with these you know environmental pollutants um, and things like that will you know lead to um, uh, you know these outcomes with crime right um, and and so you know I think we do have a duty um, as Americans to like try to lift each other up. Right now, I'm not saying that we don't hold ourselves accountable. Um, obviously, we should. But I think that we need to be like considerate. Like I'm like, you know, Hake says, like, you know, he's all against hate. Right. And I'm all against hate as well. And for me, combating hate is is, you know, um, trying to lift other people up, you know, trying to lift other Americans up. It's so, not lifting them. It's yeah. trying to get out of the way and stop sitting and saying they're begging. Which they're not, because they yeah. pay taxes. We pay taxes just like everybody else do. But it, when it comes to the things that we do, we don't hear. But when it comes to crime, we are the front page. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So somebody needs to take it off the front page and put, either put everybody on the front are page. Are you on the front page, Maze? No, I'm not. Then I, how are you saying we? You say, when you say black people, you're talking about my people. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about yeah, black people. What do you say? I'm talking about the black people who are into but, that like that. Because you, you got those that don't know over yours, but you don't talk about them. So what life yeah, do they huh? Yeah, I do. What life are they in? 
and you go to one for you go to one for whites of West Virginia, they live the same way. I differ. I differ with you guys. I don't think poverty causes crime. I think or, or leads to crime and all that thing. I, I don't think it's desperation causing these people to get into this. Well, mess. What causes people to get into do stuff like that? Uh, poor raising. Really? Um, poor. I think the poor raising, the po- the moral, the lack of morality leads them into being, and responsibility leads them into being both poor and and uh, criminal. Um, well, that be for among the different people, and when you have more crime, then there's of course going to be more poverty because the businesses don't want to well, uh, do business in an area that's high crime. Well, so it's a Huh? I don't understand that business, but you can't. Open I think the business. lack of morality causes both the po- the so-called poverty and the the crime. See, James, you can own things that other people can't own, and she probably her family can own things that other people. So can't what? Own. That doesn't make so that doesn't you make should it. get out of the way and let everybody else own and let them do, do their own thing. If they did, you wouldn't have the same problem that you were discussing. Then you then you agree with me that they shouldn't be on welfare. Get we should uh, def- more of you on welfare than uh, black people are. Not not proportionally though. No, really, we ain't talking about proportionally. But you're but, but you're changing it. the subject when you're no, saying no, whites do it subject. too. I'm asking you the question. What are, so your people? Your people are on the system too. I know, and they're not even those who even the whites who are not, who are disproportionate. Even the whites who are on welfare aren't aren't committing the okay. crime levels that the blacks are. James, I do not agree with giving corporations money either. Not my tax dollars, but they do it. If I You're had changing choice, the subject. One wrong doesn't justify no, no, another. Welfare. I agree. Let's welfare let's is. defund. Let's defund the corporations. Defund them and defund the whole lot of stuff and let everybody else have yes, the opportunity. Yes, defund it. You keep people out defund of the them all. Begging. You keep them out and say they're begging. They're not begging. And I disagree with you too, Mays. <laughs> and then we'll yeah, have to get back to my guest. I disagree to... with you too on I have protecting serve. Your guest. Okay, but. Police students are not supposed to protect and ser- serve. That's what just else a, to, what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to enforce the law. Enforce the law. Yes. But the most unbreakable law. Protect and serve enforce? is a cute saying. It, that's just what to, enforcing the law? That's just to sound nice. They're but they're supposed to enforce the law. That's the oath that they take. Yeah, I mean, that's a again, fake oath. If medical if okay. medical professionals are held to the standard that but they, they don't go are, to jail. An investigation. They do. They go to jail. Uh, if, they, if if a patient they sure do. dies. Under their care, yeah, and it's from and it, it it's under their care. On like, and let's they say they just too. did a surgery, and it, even if that even if that that um, uh, you know, the cause of death is um is different from what the doctor was working on. There's at the very least going to be an investigation on it. So. Right, but uh, but they don't have a peanut gallery saying, "Oh, let me do this. I know your job better than you. You're a bum." You know, like they don't have. All this mess. I mean, to I would say with. that they do. I, I would so, say medicine is one of the most regulated uh, industries oh, yeah, in America. Oh yeah, that's true. That's that's yeah. a pain, and that's but what's then, causing the yeah. it to go out of control, cost wise. Yeah. Last question for for yeah, startups. Go ahead, Mace. Oh, that's welfare too. The medical professional. Yeah. Medication, but uh, this anti-Semitic. When we get to that, what is anti-Semitic? Uh, so anti-Semitic. What I am concerned about when I talk about like anti-Semitic. Uh, um, anti-semitism i'm worried about like rhetoric that um leads to eventual violence right um and there has been like a 400 percent increase in anti-semitic hate crimes in the past month um so uh ADL, anti- right? um i don't know who who okay. published the stats it might have right. been the adl i'm not sure yeah okay so yeah oh i know i don't doubt that because hatred increases any time that there's a controversial news buzz like mm-hmm. this and so the the peop, 
people taking sides are going to hate each other. So I wouldn't be surprised about that. That's not what I'm saying. And when you say anti-Semitic, you're like, uh, we'll say Kanye, or we'll say the young lady that wrote the, wrote her opinion on something. They wanted to punish her and not give her the job. So then they wanted to, to take uh, Kanye's life away because of something he said. Oh. Why you can't listen to what people got to say and not, and not be anti-Semitic? Or uh, you might be anti-Semitic yourself. Maze. Um, when it comes to certain people. Okay, so she's for the freedom of speech thing. You know what, Maze? Yeah. 30 seconds, respond to her, and then I got to move on, Maze. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would say I'm, I'm not for people losing their jobs, but I do think that like, um, so I'm not for people losing their jobs and I'm not sure that I agree with like, um, like banks, like pulling services. Right. But what I would say is like, you know, freedom of speech, you know, doesn't mean that there aren't, you know, um, it, it's freedom of consequences. Right. Um, <sighs> so, face. you know, if you do say, if you do say things that are, um, perceived as like anti-Semitic, like the way that, um, uh, Kanye, Kanye really went on, uh, and, and I, you know, I think Kanye was not a, uh, fully in his own mind, but, um, uh, like, you know, there are going to be, um, uh, repercussions to that, right? People will see that right. kind of behavior. They won't want to be associated. Like if their company, if they run a company with this person, they might not want their company associated with that type of language or that type of hatred. Right. Oh. So well, Maze, I, I, I can't, I can't. I got to go, Maze. Okay, I'm leaving, but I have personally leave her with this. If you do citizenship and you live in this country, follow this country's rule and not some other one. All right. Thanks. Very nice. All right, bye. Um, Stardust, I got to wrap up these super chats. I appreciate you coming on. I loved, Thank you for having me. I loved <laughs> Hassan Piker's statement that he said in your video, I'm just a dumb idiot with a, tit, a Twitch stream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel about life. myself. <laughs> That's how I feel about myself too. Honestly, I'm not. I'm not an expert on any of this stuff. You know, again, I'm. I'm not an expert on any of this. I. I just felt really, um, really kind of disappointed in the way that people were acting um, immediately after a terror attack. So I, I, I think I that we can only set an example ourselves, and, or just check ourselves. Like you said, yeah. um, when you de at the end of your video, spoiler alert. Not nothing. My mod. But at the end of your video, you had a great quote. When you dehumanize others, they mm -hmm. in turn dehumanize you. And so that's why I say we just yeah. got to watch ourselves, whatever side we're on. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. This last Super Chats, that handyman says of George Floyd, he took c control of his health by taking fentanyl before being in police custody. So who's responsible, the overdose from his own choice or the cop who didn't know he took that much Fetty, he asks. I think that, again, you know, the, the um, police officer, I think to anybody looking at George Floyd, um, could see that he wasn't in his right mind. There was something else going on. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, keeping that in mind, you still have to um, use, like, you know, n not use disproportionate force on people, right? So I just don't understand the need for him to have been kneeling on him for that long um, and for, uh, you know, them to, to not um, have called uh, medical services sooner. I think that probably medical services should have been called um, sooner. I, I just, um, you know, it, as soon as he's freaking out, really, this person does not seem like they are in their right state of mind. They really don't. Um, so 
um, you know, as soon as somebody's in your custody, they do not, you know, he may have taken drugs before that, but as soon as they're in your custody, they don't have the ability to um, care for themselves. Um, and you have assumed that responsibility uh, for them. So um, that's just my opinion, though. Spoiler alert, bought a coffee. The entire George Floyd incident was a hoax designed to mock Christ's sacrifice. Stoke people for the 2020 election and get another non-white federal holiday Juneteenth planned eventually to replace the 4th of July. Reminder, George Floyd called out for mama, whereas Jesus called to his father. Satanic inversion, typical. Had you heard that take before? I've not heard that take, but it's definitely interesting. So. Nice. Nugget Man says, <laughs> yeah. typical libtard tactics. Bring up an argument, point, says, right, and move on to another point. He's criticizing you, uh, Stardust. No, discrimination is based, and we should segregate based on race, ethnicity, and religion, says Nugget Man with a coffee. Well, Nugget Man, I am glad that you were not determining the laws for this country, so I will say that much. I'm sorry that I say right a lot. Uh, it's just, <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to improve the way that I speak, okay? <laughs> Taking time. Carver so. bought a coffee. Oh, Lord, Carver. Does this count as a date? Ask her if she likes Christian punk rock. No. <laughs> I don't, uh, do you like Christian, Christian punk rock? Punk rock. I, I, you know, I don't mind any type of music, really, um, uh, except for new age music. I think, and, and, and even in new age mu music, like Enya's decent, right? Nice. But I feel, you know, like there are specific, I, I feel like, you know, people make some really lazy music within the new age genre. That, that's, that's probably my biggest critique. Uh, if I was going to critique, um, a musical genre, that would, that would be it. So, okay. Yeah. Um, Last quick point for, from you about this topic, uh, white replacement theory. You brought up this thing in your video, mm -hmm. white replacement theory, demographic change. The pro-Palestinian libs sound like the far right, you say. What's wrong with the notion that whites have been replaced in these, in these white countries? Go ahead. So the specific uh, conspiracy theory that I'm talking about is the one where people allege that um, that Jewish people in high positions of power are purposely uh, flooding um, the West with um, immigrants uh, to like erode like white culture, uh, which I just I don't think so. Um, are there um, immigrants coming to um, Western countries? Absolutely, um, and that should be like a, a testament to um, how successful our countries are. Right? Um, we are like uh, you know. Um, the best economically we uh, are so prosperous we have such great living conditions that um people from other countries would um rather immigrate and start new in a place that they don't know um uh so um yes it may be that like um you know demographic change is happening um but it's not necessarily a bad thing right um so yeah that's that's what i would say man so, that's brutal and, all right, go ahead. And, well, I mean, like, look, I mean, you know, the culture is still, you know, culture can still be, uh, you know, um, the same uh, as long as people learn to integrate. So that that's probably the key part here, right? Well, uh, Stardust, we're out of time. Nathan in Illinois wanted to comment on doctors going in, going to jail, but I cannot get to you, man. Stardust, tell the people how to find you, and I appreciate yeah, you coming uh, on. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Hake. Uh, I know we disagree on a lot, but I'm glad that we're able to um, have just um, such civil conversations while disagreeing with each other. Um, I'm Stardust. I cover politics, news, drama. Um, you can find me. Uh, all my links are links.fromstardust.net or I'm on YouTube, uh, um, uh, Stardust Streams on YouTube. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Um, so I'm sure much. we'll talk again. Take care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Guys, this has been the Hake Report. Um, I gotta end. And hopefully we'll get my audio fixed for tomorrow. Adios, America. And enjoy. Listen to Hake News. Bye. Don't take the bait. You know they are fake. Just stop and wait. You can see the hate, there's no debate, listen to hate news.